Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to welcome you guys out to another Dating Prep Podcast, a podcast designed to help you date yourself and a love of your life forever. And today, based upon my day, I'm going to offer you guys a live Q&A where you can ask me any question about life, God, relationships, soul ties, all that good jazz. So if you're watching me live, do me a big favor and share this broadcast out to as many people as possible. I'm excited about these live broadcasts because I feel like I get a chance to answer you guys specific questions. I was able, I wasn't able to have uh, um, a soul ties message ready for you all today. Uh, my school had a um, exclusive cool meeting. Um, we're getting a new school for the school that I work at. And so um, I was a part of that. I want to make sure I gave my input and, and be involved, involved with the community there. And so that's why I wasn't able to have it prepared. But if you're watching live, want to welcome you guys out for watching. Welcome, welcome you guys out to the podcast. So I'm going to give you guys some time to come on in so that we can get right into the question. So I'm going to let you guys come on in. But for those who's watching or listening later, whether on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or SoundCloud, I want to say thank you guys so much for listening on those streams. Um, but I'm going to let you guys get a chance to come on in so we can get right into the question, the Q&A for today. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? How you doing? They're coming in. They're coming in. Hope y'all are doing exceptional. For the last few weeks, we've been going through my book, The Purpose of Freedom, talking about how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds. And so for the next few weeks, actually to the end of the year, if not beginning of the year, we're going to be going through that book. So if you want to be a part of that podcast and book club that we're doing here, uh, make sure you go to Amazon.com, type in Joshua and you'll be able to find the book, The Purpose of Freedom. And you will be able to join us in those book. In that book are exclusive activities uh, for you all. Uh, to navigate through. But let me give you guys a chance to ask whatever question you have. They're Aries, what's going on? Mercedes, what's going on? Roshana, what's going on? Hope y'all doing exceptionally well. Who's got the first question? Finally caught you live. Welcome, Paris. Glad to have you live. Glad that you are here with us on this evening. What's up, Dave? So what y'all got? I got about 30 minutes. And I want to make sure I want to do answer as many questions as possible on this beautiful Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. What's going on, Adriana? What's going on? Good evening. Good evening. Slim Rev in the building. That's me now. And be expecting a good guys podcast tomorrow. Me and BD got something good for you. What are we talking about tomorrow? We're talking about, um, I guess you have to wait till tomorrow. Can friends and friends be in a soul tie? Good question. Can friends and friends be in a soul tie? Or in other words, can friends be soul tied together? What's up, Nikki? Nike? Nikki, Nike, sorry, Mercedes, what's going on? I'm going to get to y'all question. Let's get right to it. Um, can friends be soul tied to each other? Of course. So many people do not live outside of their friends' advice. They they love their friends so much. And I was coaching a young lady today, or was it yesterday, in regards today. I was coaching a young lady in regards to um, being an only child and the effects that it causes in our lives. I know when I grew up as an only child, anytime I was around somebody, um, I wanted to consume them. I wanted them to be a part of my life. I wanted them to consume my life because I grew up as an only child. I didn't grow up with, with a lot of friends. I didn't grow up with a lot of, I didn't have any siblings at the time. And so anytime I spent the night or someone spent the night over my house, I didn't want them to leave. And I talked to her about how being an only child leads into other areas in our life, those type of old only child tendencies, meaning that that if if I have a void in my life, <clears throat> I'm looking for friends, I'm looking for people to fill that void. And many times when friends, uh, the, the, um, the beginning stages of a friend becoming or building a soul tie with each other is when there are voids. When you have a void there 
and you look to this person to fill that void, a soul tie can be present as well. So to answer your question, yes, soul ties can develop within friends. The best way to make sure that a friendship is evened out and balanced is to make sure that your ultimate friend is God, and then you will be able to navigate all your other friendships. Hope they help. Next question. Do you believe God can reveal who your future spouse is in a dream? I, I don't believe God has any limits. Um, but I, but I, when it comes to dreams, you just have to be very leery. I would just keep that to yourself. If, if anything is revealed to you in any kind of form, whether it's uh, through dream, through vision, through prophecy, through anything outside of meeting that person face to face, I will really keep that to yourself. Write it down in a journal. Put it on the shelf. Keep that to yourself because we don't know what we don't, let God bring the confirmation into your life to prove that dream is valid. Anytime you dream, anytime you have a vision, anytime you sense anything from the spiritual world, put that on the shelf, write it down in the journal, because what's good about that, write the date, the time, uh, uh, the, 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 um, the vividness of the dream, the details of the dream, and let it rest there. And then when the confirmation comes into your life, write the day, the time uh, uh, that the confirmation came in so that you can have a track record of confirmation that would bring validity to that dream. If, if, if it's of God, God will confirm it. So uh, can God reveal your spouse in the dream? He sure can. He definitely can. Um, but what should you do after you hear anything or feel anything from a dream or from the spiritual world? Write it down, put it in a journal, exclusively tuck it away and let God bring the confirmation. Never act off the first revelation of a thing. Act Unless, unless it's God giving you a warning, unless God, you know God's voice. But when you receive something, you're not quite sure if it's God or not. Let God do his part in confirming it to you. And he will. Hope that help. I watched the good guys pocket. Oh, thank y'all. Thank you, Adrian. I'm glad the podcast is exceptional, man. That's what we do. I didn't know I was, you know, me and BD, we've been doing that since we were uh, in high school. We used to remix songs, making them, made them Christian. We we used to, we would, we, we've been doing, we was doing this since high school. And we was actually vlogging back in 2003, 2004, but there was no mediums to put on. We used to carry a camera around and we used to vlog. And so we was ahead of the curve. And so it's cool to be able to share that with a good friend like him and be able to um, um, have an avenue for you all to, to get some laughter, but also get some truth. So thank you for watching. All right, next question. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Aries says there is a big debate on pedophiles, molesters, etc., being more hated in the eyes of God. Can you please address this? Um, sin is sin. I think anytime the Bible says if you hurt, if you do anything against the least of these, it's better for you to put a millstone, millstone around your neck and be dropped into the sea. And so I, I do believe that God really abhors. There are certain abominations, and I think um, anytime you do anything against the least of these or against the people that 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 uh, that that can't defend for themselves. I think there's a special place in hell for those people if they're not repentant, if that makes sense. Um, so when it comes to those individuals, um, 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 I really do believe God has a, has a, has a special place in his heart against those individuals, but his grace is so wide. He want he wishes above all, above all that everyone be safe. But when it comes to, um, pedophiles and molesters, I, I just think that, those individuals just really are sick, and I think they need 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 um, a special place away from women and children, etc. So let's keep going. Um, what's up, Detroit? What's going on? Is it possible to receive confirmation from God through dreams, either from your own 
or your close family. Like as I always say, Adriana, God can confirm in any kind of way. I would just write those confirmations down. I would just write them down in your journal or somewhere like that and, and, and track the confirmation so that you can have the confidence that you need to go forward. So is it possible to receive confirmation from God through dreams? Yes. Either from your own or from close family? Yes. But I just think in order to ensure that it is God, I would not act off of something in dream form until God has given you confirmation in reality. See what I'm saying? Anything you receive in dreams, make sure God, wait for God to bring confirmation in reality so that you're able to operate in confidence so that you won't be duped demonically through your dreams, if that helps. Finally, thank you for watching, Devon. I'm glad you was able to a, a, a catch a Q&A. Hope you post a question. Oh, you did post a question. I was going to just tips for being content while single, even when you have no one expressing interest. Good question, Jessica. <clears throat> tips for being content while single, even when you have no one expressing interest. Contentment is a state of mind. It is a place in the mental renewal process of God that positions an individual to understand where they are, who they are, who they're with and where they're going. Uh, contentment is, be is being at ease, being at peace with where you are. Uh, contentment and, and comfort and being comfortable are two totally different things. Or contentment and complacency are two totally different things. Complacency is a state of mind or state of action where you just don't desire to grow. Contentment says, even though I may not like where I am, I'm going to make the most of where I am until it's time for me to make a transition. So if speaking to a single person, the best way to be content where you are is to is to is to is it is to see or ask God to reveal to you the purpose of your singleness. Singleness is 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 a blessing. It's just as a blessing. It's just as much as a blessing as marriage. Without singleness, there's no preparation for purpose. Many people look at singleness as the only is 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 the prerequisite only to marriage. No, singleness is the prerequisite to life. Singleness is where you're able to position yourself for the next promotions in life, whether it's in business, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in marriage, wherever you go in life. Singleness, season of isolation, season of, 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 of being hidden by God are very key in order for you to manage the next phase of your life. And the best way to, to become content with your season of singleness is to ensure or ask yourself, am I content with God? The reason why we're restless in whatever season that we're in is because we don't feel at rest with God. When a person's at rest and in content and is content with God and is, and is, and is, and is, is productive, Listen, the best way to keep you from becoming uh, entangled with the ideas of marriage or getting entangled with the, the need of marriage is to be productive in your singleness. It wasn't until Adam was finished naming his animals that he was aware that he was alone. And it was by, by purpose. There's going to come a season where, where you're going to come into an awareness of it is no longer good for me to be alone anymore. And God will already beat you to that punch before you even feel that punch in your soul. And so what I mean by that is, <clears throat> is that there are certain things that you have to get done before marriage. That is a certain type of person you have to become before marriage. And when you begin to focus on bettering you and adding value to you, then you won't be able to be in position to add value to someone else. So <clears throat> excuse me, the best way for a single person to add uh, uh, um, the best way for a single person to, to feel content is to, is to, Gain clarity mentally on why you are where you are. 
and look at singleness as a gift. You have to change the way you single singleness because it is good. The fact that you have no interest doesn't mean that you're not attractive. It doesn't mean that you're not valuable. It just means God has hidden you because he knows good and well. If I have all these suitors coming your way, then you're going to want to tailor your life to them. But God is saying the reason why there's no interest coming your way, because I want you to be uh, I want to have your undivided attention to a specific purpose for you to maximize for the next phase. I am so glad I maximized my singleness. In my singleness, I was able to write six books, create two card games, start a YouTube channel with 1,400 videos at the time. I was able to add value. Listen, if and until you maximize your singleness, you won't be able to manage your, your married life. <clears throat> Single people have to understand that in order for me um, to manage the next level, I have to maximize this level. When you maximize your singleness, then you will be mature enough to manage marriage. So to make it uh, plain, here are some tips. Number one, find the purpose for your singleness. Number two, ask yourself the tough questions. Questions like, why am I not content in this singleness? What's my relationship with God on a scale of one to ten? And how can I invest in a relationship? Next question you have to ask is, what do I need to be productive in now? Next question I have to ask is, what person do I need to be in order to be a wife or a husband that, that, that will be valuable to another person? That is very key. And the next step after that is be productive. Don't even think about marriage. Don't even think about being with somebody. Think about bettering you. The reason why people are stuck at certain levels is because they don't add value to themselves. That's great. You have the opportunity to add value. And for every single person listening to me right now, there's always room to grow. There's, you're your greatest project. You have the opportunity to shape yourself because you have to understand this. You have to be a wife before you're a wife. You have to be a husband before you're a husband. I do doesn't make you a husband. I do doesn't make you a wife. You have to be it in order to be it. <clears throat> you have to be it to be it. And the best time to do that is when you don't have no distractions. Hope that helped you, Jessica. How do you remain calm in a work environment that is busy and full of chaos that could impact you mentally and spiritually, basically working under the wrong leadership? Perfect question. Good question. I truly believe that I, that my environment could be a product of me or that I'm responsible in protecting my internal environment. It doesn't matter where you find yourself at the moment, blossom where you are. Utilize your work environment to make you better. What I do in every work environment, I'm at a school now. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm at a school now. All the jobs I've been, the last three jobs that I was at, two with the YMCA and now one with CMS, it doesn't matter what the conditions are. It doesn't matter who the leadership is. I know for a fact that I work into the Lord and I'm going to continue to utilize my work environments to, to breed excellence in my life. So what I will advise you to do is to understand that calmness begins before you leave the home. Joy begins before you leave the home. Never leave your home without in entering into God's joy. Enter into a place of gratitude, saying that I'm grateful that I have a job, even though it's poor leadership, even though there's chaos at my job. God, you have a purpose for me there because I know, Father, promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from you. And since promotion comes from you, I'm a blossom wherever I am. I'm still going to work in excellence wherever I am. And when it's your time for me not to be here, you will position me out of it because every environment that God has you in, he wants to teach you something. 
So right now he has you at that job to learn something. Even in the midst of chaos, that is something for you to learn. Even in the midst of chaos, that's clarity. And even in the midst of, in the midst of chaos, there's an opportunity to grow. And to learn because one day you may be in ownership, one day you may be in leadership and you would be able to utilize those moments there to grow. So what I would advise you to do is to start at home. When you when your home is a blessed environment, when your home is a joyful environment and you enter into God's uh, uh, new day that he's made for you with gladness and with rejoicing. When you begin to adopt that type of mindset, then you will flood into a chaotic work environment and you will be the peace to the storm that's there. That, that, that workplace will become a product of you instead of you becoming a product of it. Never allow a work environment to call you to cause you to become worry, uh, weary and rest on the inside. You determine where wherever your footsteps, you have authority. So it doesn't matter what's going on in that work environment. You know for a fact that God has you there for a purpose. Learn there, grow there. And, and, and if anybody else want to come in against your, your place of peace, don't allow them to invade you mentally. And you work there until your time is up. Do You, you are responsible. It's your choice not to make those things impact you. You just say, you know what, God? I'm going to work here. I'm going to be grateful that I have a job. I'm going to I'm going to honor that person. I'm going to just I'm going to just be you in this workplace. I'm going to be loving, I'm going to be kind, I'm going to work in excellence, I'm going to work unto you because I'm going to utilize this chaotic work environment to to develop my character, to develop me so that when I get to a better environment, I'll be even more effective and efficient there because if you are able to survive there and grow there, then you can make it anywhere. Is what I'm trying to say. <clears throat> so calmness begins at home. Practically, what you do is, is when you wake up, everything that your eyes lay on, everything your eyes looks at, you be grateful for. Lord, I'm grateful for this ceiling. I'm grateful for these walls. I'm grateful for a place. I'm grateful for a roof over my head. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for the ability to walk. I'm grateful for the ability to smell here. Because then you fine tuning your, your whole personhood into, into a mode of God, I'm hyper aware of what you want me to do today, even in a chaotic environment. And I'm going to grow while I'm here because I work for you. Hope to help. Paris says, what are some things that I can do to go deeper in my relationship with God? I feel like I can be, I can do so much more. I'm working on a video right now. I don't know when I'm going to do it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't know when I'm going to do it, but I'm going to talk about how to deepen your relationship with God. But what I, but the premise of my points within that talk it's going to be the difference between servant, servant um, minds, the difference between a servant mindset and a friend mindset. The Bible says, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I'll call you friends because a servant doesn't know what a master is doing, but a friend does. So what deepens my relationship with God practically is changing my mindset from a servant's mindset to a friend's mindset that I'm a friend of God. And when you really got a when you got a really got a good friend, you care about them. You, you are concerned about them. Good friend, good friendships are friendships that are selfless. Bad friendships is a one-sided friendship. But when you got a friendship with God and you're really concerned about his feelings, you're really concerned about what he desires and needs and wants to do through you, then you have you begin to formulate a friendship mindset where you are concerned that you are engaging, that you that you have basic conversations with, that all that my talks with God doesn't always begin with Heavenly Father. Sometimes it comes 
sometimes with G.O. Sometimes I say God. Sometimes I say Pops. I say, I say yo. You know what I'm saying? Because I talk to him because he's my friend. That doesn't mean that there's a lack of reverence there, but there's deep reverence. But I know that I'm a friend. And what deep is my friendship with God, Paris, if I could be honest with you, is my purpose. Every day I have to meet with God. Every day I have to talk with God because I do videos every day. I, I'm writing just about every day. I'm creating every day. And I know that in my past, every time um, that I spend time with God, I receive gold. I receive deeper wisdom. I see receive revelation. So what are some practical things that you can do to deepen your relationship with God? Is to be honest on be is number one, be honest with why you at where you are on a scale of one to ten. What's your relationship with God? And then you gotta ask yourself, why is that that number? The, the deep, the deep, the depths of God is predicated. How deep we go in God is on us. You see what I'm saying? So now you have to look at it not from a service mindset where I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying just to um appease God and maybe God will bless me because of my spiritual discipline. No, I'm spiritually disciplined because I'm a, I'm a friend of God. I'm disciplined because I want to be a better friend of God. I'm disciplined because I want to become a, a better use to God. And the, the way I do that is through fellowship. It's based as simple as you would your own friend. Sometimes we make God into some mystical character that we forget that he is a person, that he's he's humorous, that that he's witty, that he's funny, that he's that he's wise, that that he cares, that he's loving. That's why I will tell you, look up the attributes of God, because that's what helped me in the beginning stages deepen my relationship with him, because I began to get to know him. Go to Google and type in the attributes of God and navigate through some links that give scriptural references to his attributes so that you can get to know him and then watch your prayers and your interactions begin to change because because you became more aware of who he is. It's hard to go deep with a person that you don't know. And it's hard to go deep with the person that you only care about for your own selfish needs. So the ba the basis is, I know you can do so much more, but don't worry about how much you can do. Care, be concerned about the quality of how you do it. God cares about quality over quantity. We feel like we have to do more things to get in more favor with God. No, you can do what you can. Do, it, do the best at what you can, but make sure it's quality. Make sure it's genuine. Make sure it's pure. Make sure... There's no self-seeking or selfishness in your heart. And then you will begin to see what God does with a little. The young boy brought two fish and five loaves or five loaves and two fish. You know what I'm saying? He brought what he had. But God turned that quantity into quality. So don't don't be so concerned about I have to read five more chapters or uh, the depths of God is at, at his foundation is relationship. And how do you build that relationship every day is talking with him every day. I don't pray one hour in one location. I pray five hours in many locations. About time I don't finish communing with God all day. It's been about five or six hours. You ever been on the phone with a friend for three or four hours? Have you ever spent six hours in a day with a close friend? The same as with God is that I'm in his presence. Therefore, I'm talking to God. What God, what do you think about this book idea? And the next thing you know, I've been in a two and a half hour creative brainstorming session with God. And I don't received about 10 extra card games. Because of it, I tell people, man, God reveals revelation to his friends. Everything else is in the Bible for the rest of y'all, the rest of other people. You know what I'm saying? God says, man, if you really want the real stuff, man, build a relationship with me. And listen, I didn't write these six books. I don't create these videos just out of thin air. I, it's from my relationship. 
So the depths of your relationship with God is based upon the quality of time that you want to engage with it. Number two, you treat him like he's a person, get to know who he is as a person and engage as such. And number three, look at your time and look at areas where you can contribute. God, I talked to a person I was coaching. And if you want one-on-one coaching, hit me up on my website, Iamunplugged.com. But I told that person is that, that yeah, there are times, ah, here we go. Uh, some of y'all who's been in my coaching sessions heard me say this before. I talked about how, like with me and my wife, we don't go on dates every day, but we talk all day, every day. Maybe not all day, but we talk every day. We have good quality time of talking every day. But then once a week, there's a date night. You see what I'm saying? So what I did, what I told people, I said, think about this. Always have quality conversation with God every day, but try to have a devotion night or a devotion day with him once a week. That devotion day is when you set aside two and a half hours or four hours a week, exclusive, uninterrupted time with God for cleansing, repentance. You repent every day. You engage with God. You renew your mind every day. But we're talking about deep cleansing, deep set apartness, deep fellowship where you're worshiping and you're praying and it's intimate and it's thriving. That's a date with God. But throughout your day, still have quality time with God, creative sessions with God. Me and my wife, we have brainstorming sessions, but there's a time in the week where I'm able to set aside a time of deep prayer, deep uh, fellowship with God that contributes to the quality of conversation. If I don't date my wife, then the conversations throughout the days are not as potent. But as but when I as often as I date her and devote my time to her, you see what I'm saying? Then I'm able to see the fruit of it in the days of conversation. So I hope that helped you. Is that it's not as deep as we think it is, but it's all about treating him like a friend, treating him like our best friend, treating him like someone that we genuinely, truly, deeply care about. God knows I love him. And I love him so much that I, I enjoy his time. And, and then watch as you develop that relationship from an intellectual and emotional standpoint. And you begin to build that friendship with God, you will begin to see growth happening there, and you'll find yourself going deeper into revelation. And like me, I'm addicted to my time with God because I know He's gonna show me something that He ain't showed nobody, and that's that's how I go deeper with Him. Dave says, "How do you feel? <clears throat> how do you feel about playful relationship partners? For example, your partner playfully touches their friends, like poking, etc." How do you feel about playful relationship partners? For example, your partner playfully touches their friends. Um, I would just have a conversation where I'm like, why are you poking? Why are you poking them? You want to be with them? Like, uh, it's nothing wrong with communicating with your significant other things that are that are that that should be insignificant in your relationship or things that shouldn't be evident in your relationship. And if it bothers you, communicate why it bothers you. If that person, if y'all not married, but that person just seemingly continuously after you have communicated with them and they still want to do whatever and be playful with other friends, then you have to say, you know what? Why am I even in this relationship? You want to be with them? Be with them. You see what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with communicating your 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 boundaries when it comes to the opposite sex. And, and if that individual is not willing um, to stop poking them and stop engaging and stop being playful. Listen, if she playing with both of y'all, then she don't know what she want. If he's playing with both of y'all, I don't know, Dave, you Dave. So if she's playing with both of y'all, then tell her to be with him. You know, at the end of the day, your love for yourself should be solid before you fall, before you grow in love with someone else. Your love 
for yourself and your love for God needs to be solid before you fall in, not, not fall into love, but before you grow into love with someone else. Because if your love is based upon how loved you are by the individual, then you're going to lose your love in yourself, causing you to be affected by her playfulness with someone else. So if she wants to play with them, tell her to go, go on the swings with him. Tell her to go, tell her to go on with the monkey bars with him. You know what I'm saying? Y'all want to go poke and stuff? Y'all go poke, but I ain't going to poke you. You want to play? You can't play with the both of us. So that's what I would do. You don't got time to be with someone that's unsure about you and is flirtatious with somebody else. Listen, if your partner is flirtatious, if your significant other, oh, oh, we're not talking about people that's married. And that's We can talk about that some other time with the married people. But if you in a dating relationship with someone and they're over there too playful and too all up on, on somebody else, then they're not happy with you. That shouldn't change. That shouldn't dictate your joy in God. If they're not happy with you, you move on with your life. Divine 15 said, best advice for a person who thinks the whole world is against them. <clears throat> Excuse me. I always get nervous around people I don't know. I always think they are judging me. Social anxiety. Ah, let me help you with this. This is what I do. I care so much about who I am and who I need to be that I don't have time to care about nobody else. The whole world is not against you. Greater is he that's in you than he or anyone out there in the world. There has to come a time in your life when you become mentally renewed about the fact that God is in you, that he has a great purpose for you, and that you need to be tunnel vision. See, what happens to me, it doesn't matter who comes in my life, leaves my life, says anything about me. It doesn't affect me because I have a greater cause and a greater purpose. If you walk into an environment and you feel like everyone judging you, then you have to look deeper and go down, get in the elevator of your life, go down all the way down to the basement floor. And ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Listen, any area that you're not secure in Christ in will always be used against you. You have to ask yourself, what areas in my life am I insecure? What areas in my life do I not like about myself? Is there self-hate in my life? Do I love myself? Because self-love leads to self-care and self-care leads to self-care. Uh, I don't give a care. You know what I'm saying? When you self-care, you don't get when you in the self-love and you and you got self-care, now you got self-care less. I can care less. I love myself so much that I care less about what other people think because I know who I am in Christ and I only got one life to live. I don't got time to worry about who's judging me. There's a lot of people don't like me. There's a lot of people who lied on me, but you know what? I'm Mr. Consistent. I outlive it. I don't got time to worry about the thumbs downs or worrying about the negative comments or worry about the haters. I don't got time. And you shouldn't have time either because you got a purpose to fulfill. So to encourage you, my sister, you have to understand, hey, that I got to First off, you got to say, why am I full of anxiety when I'm in these environments? And whatever area that you feel insecure about, you go to God openly and say, God, man, I'm struggling with the way I look. I'm struggling the way I feel. God, I need you because you need to be loved by God so that you got the self-love you need to take care of yourself and walk in confidence anywhere you are. That confidence must come from Christ. Listen, I wasn't always confident with this big forehead. I wasn't always confident because I had always got big headed jokes. They used to call me the Ninja Turtle, the turtle who couldn't get his head in the shell. You know what I'm saying? I got all kinds of jokes. But those people's lives suck right now. <clears throat> so it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? So you got to love yourself enough so that you can take care of yourself enough to walk confident wherever you are. You got to love you. And the whole world's not against you. And you walk in that environment confident because you have a purpose. The reason why people may not walk confidently in certain rooms because they feel inadequate, they feel like whatever. Listen, it doesn't matter what room I walk in. My shoulders never slump. People feel my presence when I walk in. <clears throat> I don't care how many men in the room got more money than me. It don't matter. I got more God. 
You see what I'm saying? Like you got to be confident knowing that no matter what room I walk in, my light will shine in this room. The favor of God surrounds me like a shield. I have the mind of Christ. I'm wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. I'll become all things to all men that I might win some. You see what I'm saying? That comes with building your relationship in God. Like I talked with the other lady, answered her question, diving deeper into him so that his, his, his light will shine through you. And you'll care less about what other people feel about you. My wife be picking on me sometimes because I don't like I care about what I wear, but sometimes I'm like, oh, listen, I know who I am. I make anything I wear look good, <laughs> even if it's just sweats and a t-shirt, because I'm confident. I'm getting better with it. You know what I'm saying? Like the shirt I got on now. But what I'm saying is, you got to be able to say, you know what, God, I'm about to here. Let's get practical. All right. Heavenly, every room before you walk in, get sit before you get out your car. Heavenly Father, I need your confidence now. Holy Spirit, give me a supernatural confidence. Maybe get you a sheet of paper of affirmations. Get you a little uh, um, um, little notebook of affirmations, a little notebook of, 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 of scriptures that anytime you feel uh, anxiety, you can pull it out of your purse and re- remind yourself. I have a book that you can download right now with scriptures in the back of that book. You go to my website right now, I am unplugged dot com forward slash worksheets. There's a free book there for you. On the back of that book, well, you got to scroll down as a PDF. At the end is a bunch of scriptures. You can utilize those scriptures to uh, memorize and to grow in. And 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 anytime before you even walk into a place, get out your car. Holy Spirit, I need you. That's what I do every time I preach. Before I press record, I be nervous all the time. I press before I press record. Holy Spirit, speak through me. I need you. You know what I'm saying? Before I want to, especially when I travel and speak or go to another church and speak and I don't know nobody, Holy Spirit, I need you. And then all of a sudden, listen, these videos, I'll be like, Holy Spirit, I'm tired. I'm nervous. I don't even know if all this going to make sense. And then next thing you know, the chopper goes, words come out. That's the Holy Spirit. When you are depending on him and you trust in him, man, you will speak confidently wherever you are in life. Alina, I'm sorry, I'll be pronouncing your names wrong. Uh oh, give me one second. <clears throat> Do you think evil, obsessive, intrusive thoughts are symptoms of demonic possession or oppression, such as o- OCD? Um, let me ask you a question. I'm gonna answer like this: There's two types of people. A believer cannot be possessed by the devil, but a believer can be oppressed by the devil. We are sealed by the Spirit of God. No demon can possess us, like possess us in that manner, but they can deeply oppress us. So to answer your questions, uh, anything that's not pure, holy, just, of good report, honorable, just from above, anything like that is demonic. And so what you have to do is you have to learn how to cast down vain imaginations. The best way to know how to cast down vain imaginations is to know the difference between what's vain and what's valid. The best way to know the difference between what's vain and valid is to know scriptures, to know the word of God, to know how you are to live and then be able to have scriptures that you can look up that will go against what you feel. So if you have a negative thought about something, I will go to Google and say scriptures on envy. Scriptures on suicidal thoughts, scriptures on depression, and then look at and, and meditate on those scriptures and utilize them over time that to the point to where when those thoughts come in in the future, you're able to knock them things out because you got scriptures hidden inside of your heart that's that's going at those scriptures that are demonic. So, yes, do I think that evil, obsessive, intrusive thoughts are symptoms of demonic possession? If you're a non-believer, it could be 
uh, uh, deep oppression or, or possible possession. But if, if you're a believer, it's just oppression. So what you have to do is you have to renew your mind to things of God and you have to write down um, those thoughts, write them down and then write down the scripture that combats them and say those scriptures out loud and believe them and watch you become supernaturally free from all those different things. <clears throat> Next question. If your spouse, if your spouse wants you to do things you're uncomfortable with in, in a marriage as far as, as an intimacy, can that be a green light for divorce? Um, Divorce is a strong word, especially when you marry. You know, the Bible says that he never intended for divorce, that the only reason why he allowed divorce was because of the hardness of man's hearts. And that the Bible talks about that, that the only grounds that is conducive for divorce is, is sexual, uh, is uh, adultery, right? Uh, but I believe that if there's anything else, I would give God the opportunity um, to, 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 to renew the mind of your part of your husband <clears throat> and to renew um, the marriage or to redeem the marriage. You got to give God an opportunity. And so now if that person does not want to, uh, uh, what I would do is this, this is what I would do. I would, I would go to God and say, God, here's a concern of mine. Here's a concern of mine about my husband. Heavenly father, I need wisdom. Lord, I need for you. And I know that God, you are able. I know God, you are able to, you are able to speak to my husband. You are able to talk to him. So, Father, I pray that you go before me and toil his heart to prepare him for a conversation I really want to have. Holy Spirit, leading God me into the right moment where I can have this conversation with my husband and really for me to pour my heart to him where he's able to feel my heart about the matter and possible have a, a deeper uh, connection with him where he's understanding. And then watch God miraculously do that. I will give God a chance through that route. And after you give that to God and you pray to him, then you continue to serve him. You continue to be kind to him. You continue to be loving to him because that's what you call to do. Uh, um, but when it comes to that, I would definitely ask the Holy Spirit to go before you, set up a moment, set up a time where you can have that conversation with your husband, where you're now able uh, to see God supernaturally bring y'all together. The issue is we begin to wrestle with that person and then we never give God the opportunity to change that person because now we're wrestling with them. So what you have to understand is this, go privately about what you want to see differently publicly with your husband <clears throat> and give God the opportunity to do what he does best without you uh, having an attitude or without you uh, being closed off but you're actually still being kind in the process and watch the Holy Spirit do the rest, if that makes sense. Please pray for me. I'm lost. What's going on, Tropical Jewel? I'll pray for you. That's no that's no problem. No big deal. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for my brother or sister right now who asked for prayer. I thank you, Father God, that you are that you are the God that will leave the 99 to go find that one. I believe, Father God, is the goodness that your goodness will draw her back to the sweet pastures of you, will draw her to repentance, that will let her know that her purpose is in you. God, I thank you that you'll wrap her with the loving arms that you have and make her feel even at this moment or him at this moment this or this person at this moment that you care and that you love them. Lord, lead them to the 
to truth. Lord, let them know that you the well, that if they drink from you, they'll never thirst again. So I thank you right now, Father God, for peace right now through the authority that's given to me. I come against every demonic pers uh, person, every demonic spirit that's coming against this individual, luring them into a place of lostness. Right now, through my authority in Christ, I command you to loose your grip off of their life. They will be free in Jesus name and they will experience the peace of God right now in Jesus name. And the goodness of God will draw them back to the fold in Jesus name. Heavenly Father, with that being said, I turn my attention back to you. I thank you. For bringing her into a place of purpose, of destiny, and a deep, thriving relationship with you. Only you can do that, God. So I did my part, and God, I know you already done yours. But at this moment, I pray your peace will surpass all understanding, helping her know that you never lost, lost, you never lost sight of her or him. And just never do pray. Amen. Next question. <clears throat> if my ex still wears a ring I bought her. Can that keep the soul tie going? I've tried to break it many times, but I feel like I can't stop thinking about her. I understand, man. I understand. Never get caught in the little things. Because first off, if if uh, if y'all not together, you have to you have to become an individual. You, have, you see what I'm saying? You have to be honest with yourself and say, why am I soul tied to her? And sometimes we be looking for clues to see if that person is going to come back into our lives. We look for clues to see if that person still cares. Listen, if y'all not together, you got to work on you. And this is how you kind of do that. Number one, you got to say, okay, what needs my attention right now? What needs my attention right now? Number two, how much attention am I giving that person? Analyze that and be like, literally, you know how your phone lets you know the screen time, how often you've been on the phone, how long you've been on Instagram, etc. Really be honest with yourself say, man. I spend too much time worrying about her. I spend too much time thinking about her. You thinking about her so much that you able to see where her, if she's wearing a ring, you got to really just say, you know what? This weekend, God, I'm going to sit down and really be honest with myself. And sometimes you have to be so real with yourself where you begin to say, is this an insecurity? Is this because we had intimate, in, uh, intimate sessions like sex or whatever? When you're honest about those different things, now you will be able to know what sins to confess. You'll begin to know what to vent to God. You'll begin to know what adjustments you need to make that will help you overcome that soul tie. You know what I'm saying? And yes, that can keep a soul tie going because the enemy's gonna have the enemy's gonna always play with you. If he knows that all I can all I have to do is utilize a ring on her finger. To get you tied to her, he'll keep playing games with you like that. Next thing you know, she'll text you. Next thing you know, she's calling you, but her heart's not with you. She's been demonically uh, uh, lured into communicating with. So in moments, that's why I never get caught up in that stuff because people will try to come back in your life and they they really feel deep down. They feel like, oh, I like him or oh, I like her, but they were only they only feel those feelings because the demons want to still use them to keep you tied to them. And then all of a sudden you get close again. And then that person do the same thing to you again. And then you hurt even deeper now. So you say you've tried to break it many times, but I feel like I can't stop thinking about her. Now you have to say, okay, what am I thinking about her? And, and what kind of thoughts am I having about her? Are there pressuring thoughts? Are there uh, overly consuming thoughts? Now you have to unpack your soul and say, okay, are these thoughts valid? What was the point of the breakup? Why did y'all break up? Is she good or no good for you? Is she's God's one for you or not? What is the fruit that she's bearing? You have to, you have to arrest your mind. You have to systematically cooperate with the Holy Spirit in renewing your mind, meaning write down these thoughts. 
Write down these feelings. Go to God's word to, to kind of build yourself up. You know, uh, be honest with God. Surround yourself with good sound accountability. You know what I'm saying? Work out, better yourself, uh, figure out your purpose and grow. And that's what I did. I had to do that many times when through a season of abandonment. That's why I was able to create these things. Utilize this pain to gain. Utilize this pain to grow. Gain something from this pain. Most of these books came from very painful situations. Unplugged came from a painful situation, not going back to school. World War, me, came from a painful experience in my life. These books, two of them at least, came from very painful experiences. At least I got something out of it. At least I'm making money off of that painful experience. You see what I'm saying? So if you keep saying I can't stop thinking about her, you ain't gonna stop thinking about her. But you gotta ask yourself, why do I why do I think about her? And why what why am I wasting my time thinking about someone that's not in my life? Only you know the details of your breakup, only you know the information about what's going on. And if you're a person that lost a good girl, then you gotta count it as lost. Learn from that lesson and keep it moving. Easier said and done, I know. But if she broke up with you and she did you dirty, man, cut your losses, man. I talked to a young man the other day, life coach, and he was like, man, this girl broke up with him. He was like, man, I don't know what to do. I said, man, you got plenty to do. And she, he was talking about how she was trying to come back. I said, man, listen, you don't got time for no comebacks. You should have stayed. You should have stayed. Like, you got you to you take it as a blessing. And sometimes people, God cuts people out of your life because that person is going to lead you to death. Hope that helped. Is it okay for a person to get tattoos and piercing? I don't think it's that wise. You know, I don't, I just, I've signed, I mean, not scientifically. I think, yeah, biologically, I mean, that's inking your skin, stuff in your body. You know what I'm saying? I just think everything a person does, I will say, listen, why are you doing it? Why are you getting the tattoos? Why are you getting the earrings? Why are you getting all these different things? You see what I'm saying? If 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 your answer is is legit, then you do what you do. But in my opinion, on on. I don't agree with all that stuff, man. I don't think it's wise. I don't even think it's healthy. You, can, you know what I'm saying? Um, um, now, for those who already got tattoos and earrings, I ain't condemning you. We talking about we talking about earrings everywhere. I just think anywhere there's a there's excess, there's an issue. Wherever there's excess, there's evil. So if you got thousands of tattoos, then you have to question why do I have all these tattoos? If you have a bunch of piercings, you gotta you gotta ask them why you got all these piercings. If you got a bunch of weight on your body, you got to ask yourself, why I got all excess weight on my body? Like, wherever there's excess, there's evil. And then that, then you have to go from there. Um, I just know that there are some type of markings that demons utilize as territorial markings, uh, uh, ways to oppress you. Um, and that's why you got to be very careful when you get all these skulls and these crosses and these different emblems on your body because things come with curses. Things come with, with all these different things. You just got to be wise. I just don't think you should do it. That's just my honest opinion. I just don't think it's, I mean, I don't got nothing against people who have them. I, I mean, no, 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 no knock on that. I just think if you're clean slated, I just think you just got to be careful where there's excess because once you get one, I hear people say it all the time. Once I got one, I won the whole sleeve. When I got one sleeve, I want a whole nother sleeve. Um, so I'm not, I'm not against people who have tattoos. I'm not saying I'm just talking about, you just got to think that thing through. What happens with this ink? I heard people talk about that. They got ink on their body and people, doctors saying their lymph nodes got ink in them because that stuff is on your body. Yeah, you got to understand your body is a vessel. Take care of it. So my thoughts on it, that's between you and God, honestly. But I just think just think it's just not wise to do your body like that. Um, or I let me just put it this way. I don't even want to give my opinion. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say this. 
always ask yourself the reason why. Why are you doing it? It's that simple. Why are you doing it? And for a lot of people, they're doing it for vain reasons. That's all. Some people for good reasons, but some people for vain. All right. Uh, next question. My aunt had a dream of me in the military, and I haven't told my family about my pursuit of the military. So hence the reason. Oh, I say, Adriana, I was just tuck it away. I'll put it in the journal and wait and, and write down, journal the confirmations. Journal the confirmations that goes along with those dreams about you being in the military. And you continue to go forward towards it until, until God stops you. Did God say it was okay to kill animals to eat? Always got confused on that Bible verse. I just know Jesus ate fish. You know what I'm saying? I know Jesus ate fish. Um, I know the Bible says take care of your animals. I think that I'm very careful on the animals products that I eat. Um, I like free range foods. I like, I don't like those, those foods where they just brutally killed the animals because it, the tensity, they say, whenever you tense your muscles, there's toxins that's released. And so when you're cruel to an animal and you butcher an animal, like mad crazy, yo, you know what I'm saying? Then those muscles tense up and the toxins get in the muscles. Then you are what you eat. So that's why I like to go to animals that was, I eat food, um, um, organic and free range, uh, products because I know those animals. Who knows what really goes into the animals? But at least in good faith, that especially from Whole Foods or whatever, that those animals were taken care of. But if I'm at a cookout, I got a good hot dog. You know what I'm saying? I don't really do pork like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna get it in. But um, but uh, but to be but to be um serious about your question, I I haven't read the Bible enough to know that specifically. Like I read the Bible a lot, but I can't think of verse and scripture. Um, on that matter, I just know Jesus ate fish. I don't know if he ate lamb. Did what the what? I don't know what they ate in their customs. I just know they, I know he had fish. Um, but um, I don't know. I don't know chapter or verse uh, in regards to that. I just know the Bible says um, take care of your animals. Um, and I think in taking care of them, it helps you if you eat them. You know, we ain't talking about dogs or cats. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about like you know animals that you should eat. Hope to help. I knew this one would be good. Needed to hear that. I'm so glad. Whatever I said, I'm glad it was was a blessing to your ears. If a man presents himself as a Christian, and he tries to tempt you, but you refuse. He will say he still need to mature and leaves the relationship. Do you think that's a lack of maturity or they're not with God? Listen. Hmm. Let him mature. You don't need that in your life. If a man presents himself as a Christian, and he tries to tempt you, but you refuse. He says he still needs to mature and leaves the relationship. Do you think that's a lack of maturity? It's both. Anytime a man leaves you because he wants to grow mature, let him go. Whatever his reasons for, let him go. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what God has for you can't let you go. Anything, anyone that God has for you can't let you go. And if that person is tempting you to do things that you know you shouldn't do, let that person go and mature. Let that person grow. And if that person utilizing as an excuse to break up with you, to get what he was trying to tempt you for, let that man go. You don't want that as a husband. I don't care what your past was. Oh, I'm going to talk, talk to the ladies right now and the men. Listen, it doesn't matter what your past was. It doesn't matter if you, because a lot of people, I get a lot of questions about people saying, well, I think God's going to give me an ugly husband or ugly wife because I had an ugly past. No, God's going to give you the best that he has for you, no matter how bad your past was, because God ain't, God ain't sitting there saying, well, they were virgins and they were holy. So I'm going to give them my best and the rest of the y'all ain't going to give them that. No, no, no. God said, listen, you, my son, you, my daughter, when the prodigal son came back, he didn't say go slain the crippled calf 
calf. He said, explain that big fatty calf in the back because my son who was once lost is now found. See what I'm saying? So what you have to understand is it doesn't matter uh, what your past was. It doesn't matter how much of a hole you was. It doesn't matter, it doesn't matter how many partners you have. If you change, if you don't got no consequence from that, and, and you're free from that and you've been changed and you're growing, God's going to give you his best despite, in spite of, despite what you went through. So if a person leaves you because they, because you refuse and you're questioning, like, should I keep him or I miss him? Because maybe, maybe a, a baby, a babe in Christ would do. I guess since I was reckless in my past or because I'm insecure, I guess I guess it's all men of God. I just know there's a lot of good men out there that ain't going to tempt you. There's a lot of good men out there that's going to honor God. Listen, you want a man that honors God because if he dishonors God, he'll dishonor you. If he's honorable to God, he'll honor you. <clears throat> so if he leaves you and wants to mature, let him mature. You don't got time for that. And most people, you'll see them by their fruit. Don't even worry about the Instagram. You'll find out. You'll find out. Or a little dove, a little raven, a little bird going to come to you, let you know. Don't even worry about it. Don't worry about what he's doing. Let him leave. You mature. You continue to grow. And be thankful that you have standards. Most women, for the sake of companionship, would have been like, well, I'll do whatever you need to keep you. Let that man go. Let him go. Let's keep going. <clears throat> I have accurate dreams often, predictions about others, and they're always spot on. I haven't told anyone except my mom because I know she knows I'm not crazy and believes me. I feel you. I feel you. Hey, that's, so there are some people out there that you can tell your dreams to, and they won't look at you crazy. That's why I don't tell everybody everything because not everybody's on my level to understand what God be revealing to me. Angel says, how do you see God in a spiritual battle? How can you hear him in the chaos? Woo. Good question. What I would say is this, nothing can keep you from God's peace. I don't care how chaotic it is, you make a choice. You make a choice, say, you know what? I don't care what's going on. I'm gonna go to my car. I'm gonna go to the bathroom and I'm gonna, and I'm gonna cut on my five go-to worship songs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna enter into his, <clears throat> in his courts with praise and with thanksgiving. I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage with him. I'm gonna find this peace in this chaos no matter what. So what you do is you say, listen, I remember when this is a good story with David. David was, uh, <clears throat> he had a bunch of men. Please forgive me. He had a bunch of men, right? And when they came back from battle, they, he lost. I mean, he came back. They was coming down the hill, man. David and was rejoicing. David and was excited, man. They, they, they took over. They took some land. They killed some jokers. They had victory. When he was approaching their, their village, they was approaching their, their place of dwelling, him and the men found out that his their wives and children was kidnapped. David was so distraught because the men was destroyed and they was mad at David. Like, David, yo, our women not here. Our wives not here. Our children not here. And they thought about killing David. David said, bring me the ephod. Bring me, bring me my worship. And he began to go into God's presence. He said, despite how chaotic it is out here, despite what's going through, let me get this symbol of praise. Let me give this symbol of, of talking with God. And I don't care what is going, what is taking, what's going on. I got to go talk to my father. And you step into God's presence that his daughter as his son and you say look God I'm here in the midst of the storm I trust you 
And he said, he told God, he said, yo, God, man, yo, man, my, our wives are gone, man. Our children are gone. He says, man, should I pursue them? See, David was a man of worship and a man of war. He said, should I go pursue him? And God said, yo, son, I want you to go pursue them. And not only will you pursue them, do I want you to pursue them? You're going to recover all. I don't care how chaotic you go to God and say, God, I know you still with me in this storm. And you seek him. It's a choice. Nothing can stop you from seeking him. You find you a stall. You find yourself a, a parking lot. You find yourself a closet. You find yourself a corner room and you talk to him. And the Bible says he'll give you peace that surpasses all understanding. That's able to keep your heart and mind through Christ or by Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. You're so welcome, Divine 15. Let me tell you, Angel. Listen, I don't care how chaotic it is. You go fight God and you go find God and build yourself up in him through worship. And when you walk out of that closet, walk out of that bathroom stall, you walk out of wherever you walk out. You tell that devil, yo, listen, in the name of Jesus, I command you to counsel. I counsel your plots and schemes in Jesus name. I counsel every curse, every 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 spell, every hex, every voodoo. <clears throat> Everything that's been placed on me, I counsel it. I command this storm to end now in Jesus' name, but you got to go into a place where you stir your faith and you build your faith and you tell that devil where he got to go. And then from that point, you become proactive in your warfare, not reactive. Reactive is you getting hit everywhere. Proactive is I counsel the devil's plots every day, everywhere I go. That's why I don't got that much spiritual warfare in my life because I counsel them jokers after I done gave God thanksgiving and praise. Go get my book right now on my website, Angel, at IamUnplugged.com forward slash worksheets. Up under World War Me, you will be able to download that book for free, and it'll teach you about spiritual warfare. And I have a bunch of scriptures, over 200 or so scriptures in the back for you to memorize and build yourself up. Hope that blessed you. Hope that helped you. What do you think about a dating website? I've had friends who met their husbands online. Uh, it's not about who you meet. It's about who you keep. It's not about who you meet and how you meet them. It's about can you keep them? I just think that we cannot judge our next steps by everybody else's first step. You know what I'm saying? And so what I mean by that is just because a person goes onto a dating website doesn't mean that you should. In my honest opinion, dating website, when people get on dating websites, I think they're thirsty. <clears throat> I think they're desperate. Not every one of them. I just think they don't trust God. You don't need a dating website to meet nobody. You don't need no friend to meet nobody. You don't need no club to meet nobody. God will bring that person to you. I don't think Christians should be on dating website because that just means that you put it in your own hands. Relationship, husband and wife, that is only for God. If people met their husband and wife on dating websites, let's see where their relationship is in, is in in five years. We'll see. Just because something starts well doesn't mean it will finish and continue. So should Christians be on dating websites? No. And people are going to be upset about that, but I just think that's just desperation. I think that we as believers should be trusting God in things and in areas where he can only control. You're not able. None of us are able to pick a spouse. We are not good enough, smart enough, mature enough to choose a spouse. We're not. That's why I let God do it. Let God let, let God do, do, do the matchmaking. He is good at picking people. You don't need to create no profile on, on dating websites. You don't need to date online. The world does that. The world looks for a sign. The world does all that stuff, not believers. And so to encourage you, it doesn't matter who met their husband online. You meet them offline. You don't got to meet them online. You meet them offline. Because if you don't take care of who you are offline, then if you don't make sure God 
if you, if you don't take care of the inline, you won't be solid offline and you'll be trying to seek for stuff online. What's the inline? How are you on the inside? <clears throat> does God has it? Does God have an inline track into you to where your offline life is dope? And God will bring that person to you. You do not need no Christian mingle. You do not need no online dating websites. If you have a page online, you have to question your heart. God does not need your help. God does not need your dating website profile. Any relationship is not designed for you to put it in your own hands. You're supposed to let that stay in God's hands and keep it moving. So, Tiffany, to encourage you, what do I think about dating websites? I think they're a waste of time. I think they're just, I'm putting this in my own hands. God is very good at matchmaking. He got you. It doesn't matter who got married on dating websites. It don't matter. We got to, we, it don't matter who got married. It's about who stayed married. Hope they help. <clears throat> Excuse me. What if you're so well suited to someone, but the only thing that's different is faith? Can, can an interfaith relationship work? How can two walk together lest they agree? Um, a double-minded man is unstable in all their ways. A double-minded relationship is unstable in all of his ways. Um, don't be unequally yoked. I don't think it can work. I mean, don't get me wrong. God is for the relationships that's already started and you married and it's different faiths. God can redeem that. God can work that out. But I just don't think it's wise to start a relationship and get into a relationship you know what I'm saying? And you guys don't believe in the same thing. If your husband believes one way and you believe another way, who y'all who y'all praying to? You know, there's only one God that can heal. There's only one God that can set free. So if you're praying for God, but your leader, the leader of the home is praying to a God that doesn't exist, then what's going to happen to the cohesiveness of the relationship? What's going to happen to your children? What's going to happen to, to you walking along the lines of scripture? What, what's the backlash? See, you just got to think about all those different things. And it doesn't matter how well suited you are for that person. Let them come to faith before y'all interlock y'all faith together. If that person's for you, God will work out their faith and build their faith in the in him who is the real God. And then y'all will be able to go forward together. Anything can work for a period of time, but it's about can they, can they work over a long period of time? And no, it's just not wise in my opinion. What you think about a guy that believes in God but doesn't have a true relationship with him? Should I keep praying over him and keep him open up to God? Nope. Get, don't even don't even waste your prayers or your time on a man that's not your husband. Don't pray for a person that's not your husband or your wife. Do not pray for them. They're not yours. You see what I'm saying? And I'm doing this from a, a genuine loving place. So I know I'm get I get kind of passionate because these are areas where I, I, I really want to bring clarity and insight to. And so if he doesn't believe in God and doesn't have a true relationship with God, that's a waste of your time. Praying for that person is a waste of time. What you do is one thing you do, you pray one time for him. Lord, I pray that he comes to salvation with you. Leave the rest. Don't even don't even waste your breath on that individual because now you try now you giving him wife benefits. Wives are the ones, wives are the only ones that's supposed to go into war for their husband, not no girlfriends, not no girl on the outside, not no girl who's interested in the man. No, no man should be praying for no woman that ain't his wife. You don't got you don't got you got to worry about you. You see what I'm saying? Don't keep praying over him and don't open him up to God. Say one prayer for him. He gets one prayer from you. 
Father, I pray he comes to salvation to you and you keep it moving. Don't even think about it. Don't, don't observe his salvation because <clears throat> most people, the issue is they, 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 they want somebody to a such a degree that they start giving them wife and husband treatment, wife and husband benefits. And that person ain't even meeting the requirements, hadn't even met the demands to receive. Do not meet demands. Do not give a person something that they haven't met the requirements of. That, that right there, that prayer is for you to pray for your husband, husband, like your husband, husband. Or for your wife, wife. You see what I'm saying? Do not pray for a person that's not your husband, that's not your wife in, in that manner. You see what I'm saying? I'm talking about in that manner of relationship or I like him or I like her. Nah, don't pray for him. <clears throat> don't even pray for him. He, he's not saved. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't have a relationship with God. Why are you praying for him if that's not your husband? So don't even pray over him. Your husband, husband needs those prayers. You see what I'm saying? You know, your wife, wife needs those prayers, not somebody who ain't even trying to follow God. You got to be focused on following God. And sometimes many people, they sit on the sidelines hoping that someone gets saved so they can make, become whole in that relationship when they should be focusing on developing their relationship with God and becoming a better version themselves. You're so welcome, Paris. You're so welcome. It's because I was. Oh, OK, OK, gotcha, gotcha. Let's keep going. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ooh, I'm going an hour already. Okay. Did he answer the question about dating website? I don't believe in them, but would love to hear what Joshua. I, I, yeah, I just I just did actually. Yep. I think they're a waste of time. Um, let's keep going. I uh, hear here's a question that's hidden. I don't think y'all can see. Uh, let me scroll up. Wow, y'all got a lot of questions. Wow. Yes, Lindsay, you can. You can develop a soul type through that for sure. Let's keep going. Brother Josh, I'm dating a non-believer. How should our relationship progress? It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't. It's only going to, how can two walk together and say agree? It shouldn't. It shouldn't continue. And I know that's difficult, but you can't save them. You could be hindering their salvation because of that savior's complex that a lot of people have. So if you're dating a non-believer, you have to really question, why are you dating a non-believer? Why are you with that individual? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm saying what I mean by that person, they may be a great person, but we're talking about marriage. We're not talking about friendship. We're not talking about uh, co-workers. We're not talking about that. We're talking about relationships. It shouldn't progress, my brother or my sister. It shouldn't progress um, because that person is believing that I mean if a person doesn't fear your God, they're not gonna have wisdom in the areas they need wisdom. If that person does not fear your God, does not serve your God, then y'all gonna be of a disservice to God. And and it won't and you'll be going to church and that person won't. You'll be praying that person won't. And what if that person brings things into the home that's demonic? What if that person does things that's devilish? What if that person wants to watch these shows and now you gotta walk into this home and you try to listen to your sermons, you're trying to listen to the Bible and that person playing stuff that's 
that's beating up against you all day. Like, like you got to think it all the way through. What are the possibilities of being with a non-believer? What are all the possibilities of being unequally yoked with somebody? What are all the possibilities of walking two, uh, walking two separate directions when y'all should be walking in one? There's a lot of things, what they listen to, what they watch, what they communicate, who they pray to, who they welcome in, what they bring into the house, what they put on you, what they bring on you. Like that's, it's deeper than just who just they a good dude. They're, they're a good girl. It's deeper than that. It's deeper than that. Like it's a spiritual thing. And if that person doesn't fear the true God, then that person is going to, it's going to affect your relationship with him. All that good stuff. Let's keep going. Oh, y'all talking to each other. Y'all talking to each other. That's good. That's good. Is God and Jesus the same person? Yep. They're there. And I'll break this down uh, simply. Um, there are three. There are three unique persons. Um, and they call the Godhead. Right. So there are three unique persons that affected time differently, that affected us differently. In eternity, he is one, but showed and revealed himself uniquely and completely three ways through time. That's the best way I can put it. Deliverance is a process and deliverance should be done often or as much needed. Oh, y'all talking to y'all helping each other. How do you break a soul tie? Good question. I've done a ton of videos on, I got a book on soul ties, but to answer your question specifically, how do you break them? Number one, you find out the reason why they need to be broken. You find out the reason why they need to be broken. Meaning, what is this thing keeping me from? Like when you really got something to do and you like you when you when you when you fed up, when you tired and you really got purpose in your life, you don't got time to hold on to nobody. You see what I'm saying? So you break a soul tie by finding out uh why I need to break it. And number two, you gotta find out is it breaking me? How is it breaking me? Like the only way, the only way I want to be broken is in the hands of God. I don't want to be broken over and over again in imagination. I did a post the other day that's going, that was did pretty well. It talked about how I talked about from about two years ago. I said, um, it's crazy how many of us suffer in our, more in our imaginations than we do in, in reality. That we suffer more in in um in our minds than we do in our lives. And the enemy knows that. He knows that you can't forget significant moments. He knows you can't forget significant people. And he knows the greatest weapon that he has against you are your memories. But through the Holy Spirit, God can change the way you remember. He can change the way you feel about what you've been through and utilize that as now as a reference point to be able to reach people. And the best way to break away from a soul tie is to go to the one that can break it off for you be honest about why this thing is in your life. Be honest about yourself and really go deep down to the basement floor of your life and say, do I have insecurities and idolatries? Why am I still connected to this person? Was there sexual intimacy? Was there things that we did? Then the Holy Spirit would bring insight that you would then begin to confess those sins before God, break your allegiances to them, and then God will set you free. Most of these things are symptoms to a deeper source root issue. Meaning, me, the reason why we're so tied to this person is because there's some 
self-hate. There's some insecurity in our heart. There's some depression there. There's some idolatry there. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to bring revelation to those different things, then you will begin to confess those sins because the devil knows I still have legal right to this person because of what they continue to allow to permeate through their minds and out of their mouths and then within their environment. So since I still have legal right, when you go with your voice, with your faith, break those allegiances, the devil then has to let you go. And then the mental renewal process will begin and you will begin to look at that situation differently. And then over time, you'll look back and realize I'm not as connected to that person like that as I used to be. So you got to say, why is this? Why am I allowing this thing to continue to break me? Why do I need to break away from this? And what could I have root, deep rooted in my heart that's allowing this soul tie symptom to still be in my life? You got to understand, you got your soul is multiple facets and, and, and your mind, will and emotions. And those things must be anchored in God where God begins to renew your mind. Because when your mind is renewed, bro, when your mind becomes renewed, your emotions become at ease. Because now you have the right perspective about that person. Oh, it's easy for me to untie the soul tie to this person when my mind has been renewed to the fact that this person was no good for me. That this person was a distraction to me. When your mind becomes renewed in that area, then your heart towards them will be at ease because you know for a fact there's not even they're not even worth my energy, not even worth my time because I'm focused on my purpose. I know that God has that significant other for me, and I can break that soul tie and be freed from it. Hope to help, but I have a ton of videos. Just type in Joshua Ezzy and soul ties. And a ton of videos will pop up. Well, y'all, all y'all got the same questions. <laughs> this is real. Y'all, y'all some dreamers on here. Can God show you your future husband to dream? God told me that my husband is coming in twice. I dreamed of a man, but I can't see his face. I'm glad you couldn't see his face. If you saw his face, you will find try to find his face. God can show you things in many different ways. There, God's not in a box. God's not limited. God can show you any kind of way. Like I told the great people above that asked the question before, above you, write those dreams down, tuck it away in a book and let God do it. Don't dwell on it. Don't be looking for it. Don't be caught up looking at your watch. Don't even worry about it. God told you he got you. God told you it was going to be soon. God told you all that. Trust him on that and still work on you, still work on your life, still continue to grow, still keep going forward. You see what I'm saying? Don't worry about when that person coming. Tuck that dream away in a journal, in a book on a shelf, and keep going about developing yourself. Hope to help. Let's keep going. I need prayer in a dating in a dating drought. D. Thomas, <clears throat> God got you in that drought for a reason because He don't want you to be refreshed in that area. Listen, the the reason why you're probably in a drought where you're not with nobody right now is because God wants you to Himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, like dating is a waste of time when it's not with the right person. Dating is a waste of time. I talked about the other day. Uh, date the mate that God has given you. Don't date to find a mate. <clears throat> date the mate that was given. Don't try to date the mate. Don't try to date for a mate. You see what I'm saying? So what I mean by that, that whole dating relationship stuff, leave that in God's hands. Trust me. God is very good at matchmaking. God is very good at putting y'all together his right timing. Trust him, wait on him and keep moving in the direction of your life and be thankful that you have a drought in that area because now you can focus on you. We waste so much time in relationships. How many years have we wasted in relationships and got nothing from them? 
How many exes have we had? How many years have we wasted and we got nothing from it? But a bunch of some of us, some diseases, some of us anger, some of us soul ties, some of us deep rooted issues. We got nothing from them. When that time could have been used towards you writing your books, developing your businesses, get your ministry off the ground, that stuff could have been towards that. I'm so glad I didn't waste a lot of my time in that stuff and I was able to produce. But a lot of people are wasting too much time trying to find the one when they should have found the, when they should have allowed the one to find them and trust God in bringing them the right one. Addie Angel says, to add to my question, as soon as I started praying for a husband, he came along. Could I plant the seed to open him up to God or is this counterfeit? I feel so glad to... You got to ask yourself why you connected to him. It could be infatuation. It could be sexual uh, cause. It could be uh, idolatry. There's a lot of reasons why you connect to him. Um, and sometimes we think that God had revealed something to us. Many times it was nothing but just us thinking that we, us giving God, uh, uh, giving, stamping God on something that he never did. It's like when a lot of companies put organic stickers on food that wasn't organic. You see what I'm saying? It's just putting a stamp, hoping that somebody will buy. And so, if a person comes along and they're not with God yet, I wouldn't marry them, especially if he's a man. If that man is not mature in the things of God, he's not going to lead you right. You know what I'm saying? If you got to ask yourself, why am I so connected to him? Do you have insecurities? Do you feel like he's the only man? Is he is he is he got fresh oils in his beard? Does he look good? Smell good? What's the reason why you feel so drawn to him? Is it aesthetics? Is it insecurity? Is it is it he's just he just looks good and you live in a rural town and you think it's the only one that God has for you? Come on. God said, man, I got five thousand other men that ain't bowed down to Baal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't bowed down to this world system. God, it ain't no drought when it comes to no husband and wife. Ain't no drought with God. This I told a lady today when I was life coaching. I said, "Listen, I told her, I said, uh, I said when it comes to men, she was talking about you know, is there any good men out there? I said, or something like that. And I told her, I said, have you interviewed all the men in the world? She was like, I live in a small town. I don't know if God gonna bring. I listen. God knows how to get them to you. Listen, if if they are not connected to God, they are counterfeit to you." If they're not if they're not God's fit for you, they're a counterfeit. So hope they help. I right, keep going. Be aware of counterfeits, Addy. God will not approve of a union that's unequally yoked. That's real. Facts. The gods close those do God closed those doors for a reason. Sometimes it's hard to see. I know, bro. I know, bro. But you good. God's got you, fam. God's got a special woman for you, but you got to be made into that special man for her. And he doesn't want you wasting your time trying to find someone that you find yourself miles and miles away from where you need to be. How can we now? Uh, oh, oh, how can we now? I'm sorry, Emmanuel Jackson. How can we now our God giving purpose? I'm, try to try to ask it again, fam, so I can help you. How do you deal with the hurt after you had to cut someone off because God said to allow God to. Uh, healing will happen. Healing hurts. If I sprain my ankle, my ankle immediately goes into healing and that healing hurts. Cry your tears, vent your feelings. Don't leave God, don't abandon God. 
go deeper in God, it's okay to cry. It's okay to vent. It's okay to say, God, I really miss him or I really miss her. I, it was hard. This is hard. You know, if I, if I, if I cut my wrist or not my wrist, that sounds so bad. If I cut my arm, if I cut my finger, it hurts, but it's going to get, it's going to get better over time. So how do you deal with it? You deal with it. You deal with it by reminding yourself the reasons why it needs to be cut off. That's what I'll do. What I will do is I'll write a sheet of paper down. Why, why did they need, why did God cut them out of my life? Why, why they needed to be cut off? Write you a list, write down every reason why you need to cut off. So when you find yourself in those weak moments, you can grab that list and say, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's the reason why we broke up. That's the reason why we're not together no more. That's the reason. That's what you do. And, and don't get mad at God because those are the natural feelings. When we get, when God does something, makes us do something, we start getting mad at him. We start, we start, uh, cause the withdrawal period starts beginning to happen and, um, and all that kind of stuff. Good questions. Oh, y'all talking to each other. Brother Josh, please. Is it wrong to date a non-believer? Oh, okay. Yo, yo, I did get to that. Okay. No, no. Answer that one. Yeah. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Y'all talking to each other. That's good. That's good. Oh, yeah, I know. None of us are good at picking the right one. That's why I let God pick mine and He picked a good one. So I would have been out here messed up. Picked, I would have picked someone off of off of stupid reasons. Let's keep going. I know people that met online and they are married. They put God first. Well, that's cool. That's cool. You know, time will always tell. Can God use anything? God can use anything. I just think every person has to ask themselves the reason why they're on these dating websites. Are they trusting God or are they trusting themselves? Turbo says, shoot, should, so should I break up? I really pray about it every day. I just think um, some things you don't really need confirmation on because of the fruit. Um, I would just give it to God. I would say, God, you know what? I don't have the courage. I don't have the peace right now to break up with this person. But I pray, Lord, you will set up the right situation for your will to be done in this relationship and then watch God make it happen. That person may come up to you. The right setting may occur where y'all just break up, break up mutually and peacefully. God is dope at that. God doesn't want that person hurt. God doesn't want you hurt. So give it over to God. Continue to be nice to her. Or him, I don't, I don't know if you're a man or a woman, continue to be nice and then give it over to God and then let God break it up peacefully and mutually. But if, but if you ask me, I would have went on. Nah, I can't say that. That's I'm a nice dude. I, I don't know. I would need God's help too back in the day. You know what I'm saying? I would need God's help too. Y'all encouraging one another. That's good. That's powerful. Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right, let's see. Let me see, 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 let me see. All right, all right. I'm sorry, I lost my place, y'all. I had to block somebody. It was talking reckless. All right, here we go. Uh, I'm sorry, I lost my place, y'all. Give me one second. I'm coming. Y'all got a lot of questions. That's good, though. 
All right, here we go. I found my spot. I found my spot. I found my spot. Uh, okay. All right, here we go. Excuse me. You're so welcome, Addy. No problem. I had to set up a dating site one day and delete it within the same day. I know it was not right. I know. I know. All right, here we go. Uh, don't need to spam. Okay, here we go. I'm sorry. I'm trying to get to at least two more questions. And then I'm out your way because I've been going almost an hour and 30. Was brought up Methodist. My sister is now into the Reformed Presbyterian. She acts one way with them and same old jokester with me. She thinks me and the family are doomed because we are Methodist. You know, I, I, I um, people get puffed up in their doctrinal beliefs and get puffed up. There's two types of extremists when it comes to church that I've noticed in my life. There's the overly intellectual and there's the overly emotional. The overly emotional, the organ, the worship, the the uh, all that the false teaching is leading over the overly intellectual. The doctrines are so true. The exegesis of the text matters. The exegesis, the, 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 the five points of this, the five marks of this. And some people get puffed up in their knowledge. I go by the believer that's balanced and who's humbled by the work of Christ in their life and who's proactive in their purpose. If that sister thinks she doomed. She's going through an intellectual, um, uh, uh, idolatrous moment where she's puffed up in the head and she's just after you all because she got this new doctrine, this new faith. And I've been in the midst of that. There's been a lot of people that know doctrines better than me and they think they can do whatever. But I say, you know what? That's your idol. Knowledge is your idol and knowledge puffs up. And so just pray for her, love on her. And, uh, and she, she will come around. It's the love, the love of God that's going to help. All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. All right, let's see. Because y'all doing a lot of talking with each other, so I'm trying to find the questions. I'm glad. I'm glad. I love that community here online. New beginners. Did I not ask your questions? New beginners. Let me scroll up. Make sure I got new beginners question. I don't think I skipped new beginners, did I? I think I got your question already. I hope I did. Hope y'all doing exceptional. Thank you guys and gals for rocking with me, man. Thank y'all for sharing. Thank y'all for all the support. Thank y'all for all that good stuff. I'm dating a Christian that I think may be my husband, but we clash at times in the midst of that. I found out who my dad is. So I should focus on my dad right now and wait on God to confirm. Yeah, I was wait on God for confirmation. Wait on God for confirmation and relationships. Y'all going to get at each other. You know, me and my wife, we had some heated battles back in the day. Right now, we great with our communication. We don't even get deep arguments. But yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, y'all gonna clash because it's two people, it's two imperfect people trying to share something of high standard. So I always take time to wait for confirmation with God and uh, just, just, just be led by Him with what He wants you to do with your father, etc. Brother Josh, how do we make sure we don't miss the one God has appointed and chosen to be our mate when we are divinely connected? God, God, you can't mess up God's purpose. You can't mess it up. God is God. I'm telling y'all, God doesn't need our help with a lot of things. He doesn't. He doesn't need our help with, with marriage and relationships. He doesn't need our help. All you got to do is go in his flow, trust his timing. And it's going to, my, my wife and I, supernaturally got together and there was moments where we 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 was we was mad at each other there was moments where we didn't think it was going to work you know what i'm saying just because it's humans but deep down inside we always knew we were supposed to be and there was nothing we can do that could mess it up and we're married to this day 
You don't have to make sure. He's already made it sure. He's already is already done. You just got to go with his flow. Don't worry about it. God, who God has for you, y'all will find each other at the perfect timing. But you have to, in the meantime, get rid of all idolatry, get out, get, get rid of all anxiety, all care, all worry, and trust God. You don't got to make, you don't, you don't, he don't need your help. I promise you, you don't need your help. He just wants your help with your purpose. Let him, let him handle the relationship and you handle your purpose. Hope to help. Let's keep going. Does a believer receive the Holy Spirit before or after baptism? Is it a salvation issue? Oh, man, y'all getting doctrinal. Good question, though. Um, mm, I believe you receive the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that seals you. It's the Holy Spirit that does the work in bringing you together. So I think you receive him right at salvation. I don't think God waits till you in some water for you to receive this Holy Spirit. I just think you have him in the beginning. That he said he promised you his spirit, not after baptism. So I do believe that at the moment of salvation, you receive his spirit. And you don't, and baptism is just the outward expression of what already happened internally. You see what I'm saying? You're so welcome. How does a per person find out what their calling slash purpose is? It's deep down inside of you, kid. Oh, that's his name. So I don't want nobody saying I called him kid. Um, um, the way you find this, find it with God, find it in God and inside of you. What I mean by that is that you know exactly what you're supposed to do. You know what you're good at. You know what you have a passion for. You know what you have a burden for. And that's the area of your calling or purpose. The rest of it becomes clearer as you engage the Holy Spirit. So what I would tell you to do is look down on the inside of yourself and ask yourself these questions. What do I have a passion for? Who or what people do I have a burden for? What am I uh, very, very good at? And I could do it without effort. And what vehicles could I use to reach the people that are burdened? And then over that time, you will be able to find the clarity of the time, the place, the location, the city, etc., on where to execute your purpose. Ah, man, it went back to the bottom again. I think I'm going to go. I got about three more minutes and I'm out. Oh, we at the bottom. Okay. I think we're at the bottom. If you an athlete, how can you balance, balance, persuade ministry at the same time? Oh, pursue. If you are an athlete, how can you balance and pursue ministry at the same time? Good question, Joshua. Um, Make, make, make your athletics your ministry. Ministry and what you do are not separate. I work at a school, therefore I do ministry at the school. And what I mean by ministry at the school doesn't mean I say Jesus. I don't say Jesus at all. I just be him. So what I would say is, is utilize, utilize your vehicle of athletics to do ministry. So you pursue ministry by simply easily because you pursue ministry every day by ministering to God. The more you minister to God, he'll minister to you. And from that overflow, you minister to others. That's the order. I every day minister to God. God, how may I serve you? What you need? I fellowship with him. I engage him. I brainstorm with him. And in that ministry to him, he ministers to me from the word, from his spirit. He ministers to me. And the overflow of that ministry between him and I, I now give y'all videos. I give y'all books. I give y'all quotes. I minister to my wife. I minister to my family <clears throat> because it came from us ministering to each other. 
So God will then, as you begin to minister to him and engage with him and build relationship with him, then you will begin to find ways to do ministry every day. And then over time, <clears throat> after you have ministered within your athletics as an athlete, to your brothers, just by being a light, by being available, by showing love, by being kind, by being Jesus wherever you are, then <clears throat> God will show you your public ministry, whether it's through um, YouTube, podcasting, preaching, pastoring, etc. In the meantime, minister where you are and pursue ministry where you are. And then when God leads you to, to do ministry outside, he'll lead you into that as well. Or he may just have you do little things of ministry while you do the bulk of your ministry within your athletics. And you may do some other ministry by, well, maybe you do a YouTube video every week or you do a blog every week, et cetera, et cetera. And utilize a platform that you're building over here while you're still doing athletics. But start small. Don't overdo yourself. But let everything come out of your ministry to God. That's all the questions I can answer today. I love y'all so much. Y'all know I do. I prayed this podcast was a blessing. Um, I may do another Q&A this weekend. I love these Q&As because I think it just adds great content and great value to you all. If you want one-on-one -on -one coaching with me, if you like, yo, coach, I didn't get a chance to get my question answered or I need more understanding with my issue, contact me at my website, IamUnplugged.com. I had three, at least three people in the chat now that I've already life coached and they can tell you. Uh, uh, their experience, but if whatever your budget is, submit it, whatever you can do, I'll customize a coaching session and I'll get on the phone with you this week, not this week, cause tomorrow's Friday, but next week. And I'm going to be coaching all the way through August 31st. So I made more time also going forward. As I start working again at my school, I'll be coaching every other Saturday or two Saturdays a month. So if you want to get, you got to get in now because a lot of the people that I'm coaching, I'm going to be adding them to those Saturdays because we've already built the relationship. So if you want to get in this river now and get into the end of July and August bookings, contact me now. Whatever you do, whatever you can do, I'll do what I can. You know what I'm saying? And I'll get on the phone with you and I'll coach you through that situation, answer all your questions. You'll be on the phone with coach. Uh, all my books are online. Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com. Uh, let me write that down for you all because I know sometimes I can get, uh, I could talk fast. I am unplugged.com. And that's my website there. And there you will be able to, um, all that, all that good stuff, books, courses, videos, subscribe, hit the bell. If you want to support what I do, you can give as well. If you want to take care of our help me help us, my wife and I, with our mentoring program. If you want to learn more about that, go to wepropel.education or go to our Instagram page, propelclt, and you'll begin to see all the work that God is doing through us. And we need your support because we got two schools coming up. We're doing we're doing the elementary school and the middle school, and those kids are already begging <laughs> for us to serve them. So love you all. Y'all be blessed. I see you guys this weekend, Lord willing. Um, look out for the Good Guys podcast tomorrow. Uh, all that good stuff. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.